Gain and Retain 365 podcast. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Vincent Burr with Archery 922. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing well, doing well. How are you? Hey, man, I'm blessed, man. Highly favored. Yes, sir. Uh, love good it. To, good to have you, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me out here. Man, for sure, for sure. Man, we're going to kick this thing off, and I want to just dive in and get the, the origin of, man, of Artistry 922. How did, how did it get started? Okay, okay. So, you know, originally my company was called Vincent Burr Photography. Okay. You know, I started it back, back nine years ago when I was in college. Um, and so the reason I started it was really just cause, you know, I needed a hobby. I, I feel like I didn't have a hobby. So I felt like I was getting drained by, you know, just everyday life by not having some kind of creative outlet. And so actually somebody gave me the camera, my very first camera really? it was a Canon, uh, T Canon T6. And somebody gave it to me cause you know, they had taken a photography class that didn't need it anymore. You know? So, I mean, I, you know, I thank that person. They, they know who they are. I really thank them for that. And, um, you know, when I was younger, man, I never had any, any school pictures and anything. You know, my mom didn't have a lot of money, so, you know, I never wanted to bother her with stuff like that. I got you. I'm like, look, if we eat today, I'm all right. Sure. So I didn't have yearbooks. I didn't have any school pictures. So, you know, in college, that's all people talk about. Man, look at me. You see this picture of me? This, that, and the other. And I'm like, dang. I have a lot of memories I missed out on. And so from there, I, uh, I took a photography class, you know, I did some YouTube university, stuff like that. Straight up. And so I started giving out free sessions to like high school seniors who couldn't afford their pictures. You know, so the hard part is just finding people who are, who are willing to tell you that they can't afford them. So most of my, my people I helped would come through, you know, other people that knew them. Okay. You know, so working with like the Urban League, stuff like that, they always knew somebody who needed something. And so that's kind of where my photography started. Later on in life, it switched to Artistry 922 because, number one, my name wasn't creative enough to really, you know, make somebody want to book pictures with me. You know, I think, you know, a lot of photographers fall into that little, that trap of, name your company after yourself right but when it comes to like branding you want something that they don't necessarily tie with just you you know so my daughter was born september 22nd you know we we lost her three months after that through some through some uh, heart conditions her name was anaya so of course i had to find a word that started with a and artistry is about you know how you express yourself and <clears throat> how you show off what you know your creative ability. So we went with artistry and then 922 is her birthday. Man, that's amazing, man. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Man, my condolences also, brother. Oh, absolutely. Thank that's you. That's amazing, man. How you how you turned that that trial, man, into a, a victory. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. How long how long have you guys been in business? So as far as the photography aspect goes, we've been doing this for nine years. Okay. So it started back in two thousand twelve. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, you know, along the way, we picked up different things. We, we've started different ventures. So, you know, we have our photography aspect. We have our T-shirt company, which started about two, about two and a half years ago. And so, you know, one of our biggest parts of our photography, I mean, our uh, T-shirt business is our, um, our, it's called our Black Entretypes. Okay. So, Entretype is a word we made up, actually. And it kind of encompasses, you know, those everyday people who have our own businesses and our own grinds. But 
we came up with it because we felt like, you know, the everyday Joe wasn't getting enough, you know, recognition. I got you. So, you know, for instance, back to my mom. My mom was a CNA starting out, and, you know, I never heard people say they wanted to grow up to be CNAs. But CNAs do a lot of the back work when it comes to, you know, different medical things. And so, you know, one of our characters is actually a nurse, and, you know, each one of our characters has something, you know, additional to them. So, you know, we have stylists, nurse, photographers, realtors, uh, just all these different jobs that don't get the, the, the MBA recognition, right? I got you. I got you. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, we can't all be doctors, lawyers, and judges, and NBA, NFL players, you know, but there's something superhero-like about being your own business person. And, you know, I think we got to we gotta really, you know, up the way we, we respect those things in order for our children to want to be those things. Most definitely. Okay, so... You were gifted your first camera. Yeah. And that kind of pushed you into your purpose as far as your photography. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you started out and you were doing doing free photo shoots. Yep. Okay. To the less fortunate. Mm -hmm. How how did that how did that take out for you? Did you get a great get a get a great response? Um, were people gravitating towards you or did you have to keep working towards building it and getting them getting them to you? How did the process go? Man, so <clears throat> So initially, not a lot of people would book, for, book with me, even for free, because, you know, it's something about somebody being new to something that kind of scares people mm. off. Yes. So yes. a lot of my first clients, of course, were my friends and, <clears throat> you know, their relatives. That, oh, man, you know, this is my, this is my guy. You know, he's trying to get started, all this. Right. And so I did that for probably the first six months. Then I got that photography class, so I learned some more creative things I could do. You know, I learned some of the basic settings. <clears throat> I was able to turn my camera off auto and go to manual, so I could really, you know, really um, control the things I was doing. You know, this is when I learned how to do, you know, take pictures in raw format, edit them in Photoshop, you know, things like that. So I would say after a year in, it's when I really started to get clientele. Okay. You know, well, people started to know me. They started to know my business. They knew what my work looked like. So um, from from start to your first paid job, how long how long was the gap in between that from being doing it pro bono <coughs> to getting paid? Probably eight months. Eight months. So eight you months. did it for you gave it away for eight months before you got paid. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the grind, and you was learning it and just doing your due diligence, figuring it out. Yep, absolutely. Because my thing was, <coughs> I didn't want to charge people for something I wasn't sure I was giving a good product of. You know, it's like, if I can't cook, I can't charge you to eat my food, I need you to help me mold into something that's worth selling. Good point. You know, and it's funny because even after eight months, I got my first paid job. Probably a, a year, maybe even two years after that, I, I was selling myself short on what I could be charging. You know, because, again, you have to feel comfortable with your product. And so, you know, when you see other people around you, they're like, oh, man, dang, dang. They do great work, great work, great work. Right, right, Does right. mine really measure up to that? Or am I putting my work on a hot pedestal? Right. So a lot of time, it, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out if I was even competitive in my field. So I actually studied under uh, Sue Bryce. She's a photographer. Uh, she's actually in the UK. I mean, granted, I didn't work directly with her, but mm -hmm. it was like through online school, stuff like that, okay. where I could have some you know, direct feedback and criticisms from her. And from there, man... 
<laughs> the price shot up. Let's just say that. So would you consider her a mentor of yours? Absolutely, absolutely. Until this day, you still stay in touch. Mm -hmm. Okay, some of the courses yeah. and stuff. Still got some uh, some uh, email correspondence, and yeah, I still have a lot of her coursework. I have saved on my computer to go back and relook at. But like, she does a great job in breaking down the entire business from start to finish. Wow. So from I like that. I want to I want to tap in on that real quick. So you invested in yourself. That's the word right there. Yeah, and, and you're your best investment, man. Absolutely. Most definitely. What what did that course cost you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, so it was, I want to say, $90 a month. Okay. For how many months did you subscribe? Uh, Probably two years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this is the thing about it. No matter what business we decide to go into, that's going to be a huge investment. And, you know... Again, like you said, you're, you are your biggest investment, right? Right. You know, so when it comes to t-shirt company, you got your, your press, you got your, your ink, you got your printers, you got your t-shirts, you know, and you buy all these things not knowing if you're going to turn a profit. True story. You know, with photography, you buy your cameras, your lights, your, your tripods, everything else. Again, you don't know if you're going to turn a profit. Man, it's uncertain. Yeah, so the hardest part about being your own investment is you have to have that true confidence that you'll turn a profit or you'll at least gain something from this that's worth it. So that investing in that course, that really, it ups your game a lot. Mm -hmm. Gaining that knowledge, working with someone on that that, that level mm -hmm. of exp uh, in that expertise. Um, so what all did you what all did you learn from her? What were you, what able what were you able to take from those courses and implement it to your your business? Yeah. So again, man, the best thing about her is she she helps evolve you from start to finish. So she helps you with pricing sheets, like how to price yourself out. What do you charge people for? What's the best way to you know really increase your income? How do you uh, you know your your setup, your light setup? How do you set up your lights for this type of shoe? How do you set it up for this one? She does posing classes. So how do you, you know, if you have a, <clears throat> a husband and wife, how do they interact in a picture versus a brother and a sister? You know, so just, man, pretty much every different aspect of the business. And the reason I was so appreciative is, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not knowing of every field, but I know specifically in photography, it's hard to get people around you to teach you something. You know, why, I think, why is that? I think everybody feels as if, you know, you're a competition with one another. But, you know, so the scripture, 1 John 2 and 10 says that he that loveth his brother abideth in the light and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. Hmm. And, you know, what that says to me is like, you know, if I love my brother yes, and I sir. teach him, yes, sir. we yes. shall both walk in the light. Yes, sir. And, you know, so many people are afraid that if I teach you what I know, mm -hmm. You'll be my competition. But honestly, man, none of us are competition with one another. You can only be competition for yourself. Preach, man. Preach. You know, Say that, so man. Say that. That's it, Say man. That, so man. any young photographers that ever came into the game that asked me anything, I'm like, bro, I will teach you the world. Right. Anything I know, you should know. Right. At the end of the day, I want you to be great. I, even if you became competition, I wanted you to be that. Yeah. Iron sharpens iron. That's it. You preaching, man. Give it, give it to him, man. Each one, teach one, man. We can, we can only make each other better because 
you may know, know something that this other photographer doesn't know, right? Mm -hmm. And you share that gem with them. And they turn around and they share something with you that you didn't know. Yep. Like you just said, iron sharpens iron. We just keep this thing going, man. That's it. Yeah. And this is the thing, man. We're creating, we're creating, you know, a culture around ourselves when we do that. So, for instance, you know, if I'm, let's say you want to book for May 12th. I can only book so much on May 12th before it's a hindrance to myself. True. But if I know for a fact I've taught you everything I know, then I'm going to pass my customer to you. And you feel comfortable because that client will get that same quality that they would have got with you. Exactly. And, and your name still stands good. Exactly. So it's not always about paying your pockets. Sometimes it's about, you know, your, your customer, your clientele. You know, how do I make sure you're taken care of because you are my customer. And at the end of the day, I know you're coming back to me. Right. Because your loyalty resides with me. True. You know, and my loyalty is with you, which is why I made sure you were taken care of instead of selfishly, you know, saying, oh, I don't know what I can, I don't know nobody. Right. Because I don't want to give them that business. I get you on the 13th. Right, right. <laughs> oh, that don't work? I don't know. Right, yeah. That's, you know. that's selfish, man. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the course, and it taught you, taught you a, different, a lot of different tips about lighting and how to do different shoots. And you said, I believe you said that she touched on marketing and mm -hmm. advertisement. That's, that's, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. What, what gems did you, did you leave with as far as marketing and advertising? Man. So the number one thing was that it never stops. No matter how big you get, how, how you know, known your name is, your marketing never stops because you are your marketing. You know, so, you know, when you're in your own business, you have to understand that you're never off. True. So if I'm in Walmart and you recognize me, I hope I've been doing all the things I'm supposed to do. Right. Right. Because I'm my own brand. Yeah, and you represent that. Right. Right. So if you get a crazy video of me being rude to somebody, how does that look on my brand? Terrible. You know, I can send out all the fun, loving family flyers I want to. Right. But the truth is, this is how you saw me. So, you know, word of mouth is the biggest component of any marketing. Or a video becomes huge at that point. Man, viral. It's very easy to go viral, right, you know? Right. And what what does that do? It just destroys your brand right there. Man, and it take it could take you years to build a good brand, but mm -hmm. one day, one incident could ruin yep. it. Absolutely. And that's what's sad about it, man. That's sad. Yep. And then, you know, on top of that, you know, as far as like just traditional marketing, <clears throat> it's just, you know, constantly keeping yourself in front of people. You know, whether it be your own T-shirts, uh, you know, flyers, different, you know, business cards. Like my business cards, are all, I have probably three or four different business cards for each of my businesses, right? And each card is distinctively different. You know, one of my cards is a plastic card. So it feels, you know, kind of like a credit card because I want it to stand out. I want you to read it. I want you to hold on to it. Right, right. You know, I have cards that are square because they're very traditional. I want them to... You know, when you see it, you see just full business. This is what we want to talk about. This is how you book me. Right. Then I have cards that are a little more creative, but, you know, they're rounder edges. They have colors and things of like that because it's a creative card. Right. I want you to understand I do creative work. This is, this is a sample of my work in your hand on a smaller scale. And so I think, you know, you have to tailor your marketing to the business sector it involves. Good deal. And I like how you mentioned the business cards and how yours are unique. 
I was I was reading one day where they had did a study about business cards and it's certain business cards <coughs> that no no problem they stand out and the uh, potential clients are more likely to keep and keep that business card versus just the average business card you know mm -hmm. the the edges matter the material that is made out of matters the, the color matters certain things make them distinct you know yeah. and they're more likely to keep them because the average business card is is lost or tossed yeah lost or within tossed. the like first 10 minutes after you give it to them. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. But if it stands out, you got a better chance of sticking around. Yep. Because yeah. mainly a lot of people want to emulate the cards you give them, which makes them hang on to it. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, when you want to emulate things, you have to search it. You have to, so you have to hang on to it. You right. have to show people. Hey, man, where you think they got this card from? Right. Man, you like this card? Yeah, it's nice. See how it feel? Right, right. Yeah. Like a credit card, right? Good quality. You know. So yeah, it's that that shock factor that ultimately makes people hang on to your stuff. Right, right. So what uh, what methods, what techniques are you still using to this day to advertise your business? Man, that's the hard part. So here here's one trick I actually do. I have four couples, uh, two in Tulsa, two in Oklahoma City, that I do free sessions for still, and the reason is because. I know they're going to come dressed apart with the session. They come with a great theme or idea. And honestly, they look nice. And it honestly, it, it invokes people to want to book with you when they see those pictures because they're so stunning. Time out. The last one, they, they look nice. So attractive models, it really, it really counts. It does. People like to see nice looking people. Yeah. So Carry on. It's a two-sided token to it, actually. <laughs> So on one hand, it's attractive models. On the other hand, is models I can make a difference with. So for instance, uh, myself, when I do my own pictures, mm -hmm. I clean up my facial features. I, you know, I make sure my edge up is very crispy. I make sure my beard is lined up perfectly. And I'll show my before and my after. That way people understand that you know, nobody's perfect typically in these pictures. Right. But we can do what you need us to do to make sure, you know, your day is perfect. Yeah. So if these are engagement pictures, it matters if a hair is out of place. Right, right. You know, this ain't just, you know, oh my taking pictures of my kids, right. you know, playing in the in the playground. These are these matter, these are going going out to a lot of people. True. And so, you know, I love the fact that we can have a shock factor like that. Where it's like, all right, he came with no haircut, beard wasn't straight. His eyes was rigged, he woke up late, you know, whatever. And we can take care of that. Right. And so, you know, it just, it kind of brings that, that human nature back into it. So you understand that, hey, nobody's perfect. Right, right. But we can help you get there. We, right. can, we can do whatever you want to do. Right. Y'all see how he transformed that guy? Man, he was toe up, man. Man, mm -hmm. better go over there to them. They got you. That's it. Cool, man. So these four couples, man, it, um, how often do you go and do a shoot for them for advertisement? Uh, I would say usually at least once a year. Okay. Sometimes twice, kind of yeah. depending on, you know, where we are as far as booking goes. Okay. And you would just, you would pump out all those photos just on social media, your mm -hmm. website and... Yep. So social media, my website. So I have two places specifically on my website. <clears throat> I have the landing page as soon as you go in where it's like a miniature slideshow before you actually enter my website. When you enter the website, there's a banner across the top. Uh, those are the two places I like to change my pictures more often, just because those are the things you see the most. 
and they're both slideshows. So even if you're not clicking, your pictures are changing. Right. But yeah, through social media, man, that's that's the biggest influence right now. It's just you know you're tagging people. So especially if your your people are popular, let them post you. Mm -hmm. Oh man, you see what they did, man? They always get us right. Right. Because right. it doesn't matter if you pay for this session or not. Nobody knows that. Right. I like that. What you know is you keep returning to my business. Yes, I like that. And then you say, especially if your people are popular, it's um, some something to be said about influential people, mm -hmm. and they're able to help you grow your business because mm -hmm. it's like, hey man, you see what such and such she got a shoot with uh, Vince, man. I'm gonna book a, a photo shoot with Vince. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's that it's that word of mouth. Yeah. Especially with an influential person. Absolutely. So, like my brother Jamal, him and his wife, I did their engagement pictures. Mm -hmm. Now, I couldn't do their wedding, of course, because I was in the wedding. But I did their engagement pictures, and man, I almost cried looking at these pictures. Really? Because it's something about your people coming with it. You know, they came with the, the, the attire. They had three different outfits. They look good, makeup on point, hair on point. Like, I was like, man, y'all made it kind of easy for me, you right, know. Right. But, you know, it allowed me to kind of up my game and really focus on the finer details, you know. What 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 stop I'm using, or you know, how how can I frame this picture? Because I didn't have to look so much about all right, make sure all the hair is in place, make sure all right, what kind of shoes you got on, you know. So with them coming apart, man, it was just it just all came together. Yeah. And so those are probably like some of my most some of my best photos I've taken because it was it just all came together perfectly. And I noticed you said they made it easy for you, mm -hmm. so. What what are some of the pros? Knowing that being one, when they come, they dress the part, they look good. That's a pro for photography, mm -hmm. right? What are some of the cons? What are some of the, your pet peeves when you're doing a photo shoot? Man, so one of my biggest pet peeves is people who match. So you shouldn't necessarily couples that match. Mm -hmm. Okay, you shouldn't necessarily match each other. That's a big thing, though. Yeah, but so all right. You don't want to match. You want to correlate with one another. Okay. So if I wear all yellow, uh -huh. you don't necessarily wear all yellow with me. You know, we might mix and match to make it go together. Like if I wear blue jeans and a black shirt, you don't necessarily have to wear the same thing. You can wear black jeans and a jean shirt. Okay. You know, some way we kind of go together without necessarily wearing the exact same outfit. What's the problem with that? When they when they wear the exact same colors, what's what's the problem? It just, man, it's so hard to highlight one of you versus the other, mm. or it's, it's hard to really get you to be together when you match it exactly. It just doesn't look the same. Okay. You know, but if you can, if you can just, if you can put it together without matching, it, it really does wonders. Okay. You know, especially when it comes to like family photos, you know, a lot of people typically have to have, like to have the woman and the daughters dress exactly the same and the father and the sons dress exactly the same. Don't get me wrong. Again, all of this works, but it doesn't. It doesn't allow me to move people around as I want to, because they're so matchy matchy. I got you. I got you. So they need to. They should do better with their coordination. Yeah, but okay. one thing I do is I, I'll help you with coordination beforehand. Okay. Like so, if if you have any questions, you always reach out. And say, hey, all right, we're two weeks out from your shoot. You know, do you want to go over your outfit choices? You. We can look at them together. We can see if they work. Yeah. You know, I can give you tips. 
you need help finding stuff, I can go out and find it for you. See, my guy, man, you see, he like he fresh out of GQ magazine right now, man. He's dapper, you feel me? And always dapper, man. This is my guy. Whenever he come through, man, he clean. You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Getting you right. Because I think, man, you know, just like with stylists, it's an experience. Mm-hmm. It's not just you show up one day, I take these pictures, and you go. You know, from start to finish, I'm, as soon as you book me, we're going to talk about, all right, what are your ideas? Like, before every shoot, typically a couple of days before the shoot, I ask you, all right, what are the three words you want your shoot to encompass? And, you know, from there, I do my homework. I'm like, all right, these are three words. It's, uh, you know, loving, charismatic, and just beautiful. So now I have to think of what poses, what, what can I take you through? How do I walk you through these moments to feel this way? Mm-hmm. And that way, when you get your final results, it's like, damn, I feel it. Right. I feel those, those three words you asked me about, I feel those. You know, because, I mean, honestly, you might have a, a two-hour session book with me, but it's 10 hours of work that went into it before, it, before you even got to me. So, which is why, you know, I do a, a booking fee. Because if you don't show or you cancel on me last minute, I've already put in 10 hours of work into right, this. Right. It wasn't just show up and shoot with me. Right. You know, and, and afterwards, so if I do, like, if you pay for hard edits, it probably, it typically takes me about 30 minutes for one picture to edit. And so, you know, 10 hours before and after your shoot go into this one two-hour session you thought you were booking. That speaks volumes, man, because I'm, I'm sure it's not very many photographers that do that, mm-hmm. that put in that grind, that hard work beforehand. Yep. You know what I mean? Everything that you're doing before the photo shoot to make sure the photo shoot goes great. And then on the back end, everything you got to do to make these pictures look amazing. Yep. That, then that stands out, man. Yeah, man. Like I said, it's an experience. I, I, I want you to come with the least amount of questions possible. You know, one of the reasons people go to the same barber is they don't have to, they don't have to ask a lot of questions anymore. I go that first time, you say, all right, boom, how you like this? All right, how you like this? How you like this? Cool. And if I came in and I need the same haircut, you don't typically have to ask me a lot of questions. We got the hard part out of the way. Yeah. I can say, man, oh, man same thing. And, and love it. Right. Or if I say, let's change up, let's do this. You know me so well that you're able to give me recommendations. Like, ah, I, I see what you're saying, but let's, what if we did it this way? Right. You know, right. I'm looking at your head. I know what your head look like. I know how your hair grow back. Right. I can, t- I can give you true recommendations on mm-hmm. that. You know, and the same thing goes with photography. Like, all right. I see what you're going for in this picture, but let me show you one of your pictures off Instagram and why you didn't like it. Right. So let's look at, are right, you turned this way. What if I turn you the opposite way? And then let me show you what, I'll take a picture, boom, okay, this is what it's going to look like. Okay, I like that, I like that, I like that. You know they said, man, it's hard to see the picture when you're inside the frame. Ooh. Come on. I just had one in here tonight. Mm. It's hard to see the picture when you're in the frame. Yeah. We always, you know, we got it in our mind how we want it to look, but you're not looking at it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't see what the photographer sees. This is yeah. what he do. Yeah. He's put in hours and hours into this craft. That's it. <laughs> like, here's a secret that most people don't know. <clears throat> Usually the first 10 minutes of your shoot, you, you won't see one picture from that part. Really? That's yeah. just the photographer getting warmed up, letting everybody get comfortable? Yeah, yeah, it's letting you get warmed up. Okay. Because typically people are very <laughs> uncomfortable in those most, first 10 minutes. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, so I do most of my my boosting in that first 10 minutes. Oh, y'all about to kill it today, oh! 
God, yeah, y'all is on it. Oh, you look amazing. Yeah, you got to stroke the ego a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because yeah. you need them to like relax, bring their shoulders down, right. relax their chin. Like <clears throat> people are innately like stiff in the right. beginning. Right. But if you you know you love on them a little bit, right, it, it relaxes them. They get into their real natural selves. Is it something to be said about this camera, man? Mm -hmm. Whenever you get in front of that camera, you know it's like. People freeze up, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? That's when you get the, I don't know what to do with my hands. Right. Just put them down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you usually do with them? <laughs> Ain't nothing changed. Yeah. And the hardest part for me is like directing people because you have to direct their every movement they do because, you know, me sitting like this is a whole lot different than me sitting like this or me sitting like this. True. You know, so you have to be able to direct every body part. Like, all right, so I need you to bring your chin down, turn your face toward me. Mm -hmm. I need you to put this hand on your, on your knee, bring it up slightly. All right, now cross this leg. You know, so you have to be able to direct people and feel comfortable doing that. And sometimes I might just sit there and stare at you for 20 seconds. And you're like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just trying to figure something out. Right. I'm trying to figure out what looks comfortable and natural, but at the same time looks good. Right. You know, because, well, that's, that's a hard little combination to find sometimes. Man. Or, you know, I do a lot of stuff to, like, a lot of photography is elongation. So if I elongate you, it smooths you out and makes you fit, look better, right? The hard part is getting people to understand that it doesn't always feel comfortable, but it looks good. So, for instance, I typically turn people's shoulders. I, I say, all right, turn your shoulders toward me or toward whatever I'm looking at. I say, bring your head back towards me. And they feel so uncomfortable doing this, but it elongates your neck out, it smooths it out. So if you do have like, you know, double chin action or whatever, mm -hmm. it, it kind of smooths it out so you can't tell. Yeah, so you can get some of the best results out of the most uncomfortable positions in mm -hmm. your life. It's, no matter what you're dealing with, if, you, if you're uncomfortable, sometimes that's when success coming. Yep. You know, man, that's something I teach to my team every day is, <clears throat> success is found on the other side of the comfort zone. And that's it. So you got to be very comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, that's it, man. That's if you're not it, uncomfortable, that's you're not growing. Straight up, straight up, man. Hey, so let me ask you this. So, <clears throat> what to this to this day? What are some of your go-to methods for gaining new clients? How, how are you gaining in your business? Honestly, this is gonna sound a little weird, but it's actually through volunteer work. Uh, so when I was in Oklahoma City and Tulsa, I did a lot of uh, a lot of work with the Urban League. So you know, I actually received the Lisa Lee Evans Making a Difference Award from the Urban League in Oklahoma City, and it just I was able to give my work for free so often that it, it brought clients back to me. You know, so I was able to take pictures of children at you know whatever play day we were doing or something like that, mm -hmm. or you know uh, at the the Urban League's banquet I was able to take pictures where I met like, you know, governors and things like that. That's it. That's so it. it was like, you know, networking that way. That's and it. Sometimes That's it. people don't even have to see your final work. They just see you as the guy with the camera, so you take pictures. Right. So it's like, oh, I'm gonna get your car real quick. Oh man, I'm gonna need you for something, you know. Right. And you know, it may be the, the next biggest event you've ever seen. Exactly. Or it could be a children's birthday party. Right. You know, but being able to put yourself in front of so many people in such a, a high light. Mm -hmm. Really, it, it does something for you, you know. Vince, I got to touch on that, man. When you said give it away for free, that's one of the chapters in my book, man. Give it mm -hmm. away for free. It's, it's 
it's almost inevitable, man. If you giving away something for free, eventually it's gonna do a 360. It's gonna come back to you, man. Yep. As you plant seeds, if you're steady giving away something for free, eventually somebody gonna call and say, "Hey, Vince, I need to book a photo shoot, man. We seen you at an event. You were doing good community service. We want you to come uh, take our our one year old's first first birthday picture shoot. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly how it works. So my first high-paying client was a, a law firm in Edmond, Oklahoma. And I booked them by taking pictures at a Christmas party for the university. Okay. I just happened to be there. I was like, hey, man, we need somebody for... I'm like, okay, cool. Gave them a card. I didn't no idea who they were. Right. Ended up being this law firm. They booked me every quarter for some kind of different party at their law firm or whatever. And it was like, <clears throat> I'm like, cool. So it was probably, I was making like $200 an hour. For you know, three hour sessions, they would always book me an extra hour at every every event, and they would tip me heavily. Wow! And it was just like, yo, you know, for me, I'm like, oh my god, right? Oh right. my god, oh, this is my first like big hoorah! Like, right, right. I'm going home like, hey, baby, uh, I did good today. Straight up, you can be proud of me. Right. You know, I was an hour late getting back. That's why. That's why. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And you know, anybody that was at that event. Would eventually slowly book me for something else, and you know the thing is, you know, on Wale's album, the album about nothing, he has a quote from Seinfeld, and it talks about how you can't be ready for growth because it's growth that's going to be different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that was the moment I realized you have to be ready. Well, you have to be as ready as you can be for growth, right? Because it's going to come like that. Yeah, because you said that one free event. You were able to network, meet some different individuals that booked you at least one time each uh, for each year, four times a year. So mm-hmm. you, you went and shot for them for every quarter. Yep. <clears throat> wow. And they came from a free event. Free event. And that was just one of the clients I booked that day. You know, so it's, again, <clears throat> you might be used to doing one shoot a month, but that one shoot, if it's the right one, can end up landing you 10 in the next week. Hmm. But you have to be, you know, open and ready to receive that. Right. So how, what, what ways, or what methods do you use to stay, stay prepared, man, for the next opportunity? Number one is just having a process for everything. You know, so I know the end of my shoot, when I get home, I do the same thing every time. What's that? I take my memory card out. I dump the images from my memory card to my computer and to my computer and to my external hard drive. I put my batteries on the charger. I make sure my cameras are completely put up away from where they can't be touched. I take them out of the bag. And then I run through my images just to sort the keep and not keeps. And those are all, everything I do is immediately after. And the reason I have to do that is I've learned if I leave, if I don't process my pictures immediately, there's going to be a problem. The memory card is going to rot out or something. It just never fails. Something happens. Okay. But if I separate my images into two different places, my computer and my hard drive, now I have technically have them in three different places. So if one of these places falls short, I have my images. Got you. Because the worst thing you can do is tell a person, hey, I know this was a once-in-a-lifetime uh, event you just had, <clears throat> but I lost all those pictures. That's devastating. Yeah, and the worst part is, it's nothing you could have done. You know, you, well, at least you feel that way. How was I supposed to know the memory card was going to error out and never work again? Right. You you weren't supposed to know that. Right. But by having a process in place, you at least had those images 
two other places. Exactly. And, and one out of the three is going to be it's going to be there. Yeah. At least one out of three is going to be there. Okay. You know, but then, you know, also setting yourself up for success by having everything ready to go for the next time you shoot. Cuz nothing worse than, oh man, I got to shoot in 30 minutes. I forgot to put my batteries on the charge, my camera dead. Now I got to tell them I'm going to be an hour late cuz I ain't ready. Right. Or they might hit you up last minute. Hey man, I I don't know if you got some free time today, but I need to shoot like today. Right. I mean, it might be a high paying client. You got to tell them, oh man, uh, let me charge my batteries first. Right. So if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. I'm with you. That's it. And then, you know, I go through the app while I'm editing. I always find at least two pictures I want to post myself. And typically, I'll try to give the client two pictures for them to post ahead of time. That way, people are prepared for the rest of the images. And I've already got my two favorite pictures out to them. Okay. So, because what I've learned, man, is people typically, they don't post the pictures you would post. You know, I can find my favorite picture, and there's to be something I hate. I've heard it. Like, I've heard it before. Why this picture? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, well, we know we're looking at it through two different lenses, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yep. You know things yeah. you like about yourself are not the things I like about you. Facts. Facts. That's it. <laughs> yep, that's how it go. Okay, yeah. let me ask you this, man. So we, we went over, briefly went over the ways to gain, all right? How do you retain clients, man? How do you keep that retention going, keep them coming back? I think the biggest, the biggest part of it is going to be the relationship piece. You know, what is your relationship with your clients outside of just taking their pictures? Now, I'm not saying you need to be anybody's best friends by any means, but around holidays, it's cool to send out an email to all your clients. Hey, you know, happy holidays. You know, thinking about you in this season. Right. If you need anything, let me know. Right, right. The simple thing. Yeah, because sometimes they might have been planning to reach out to you for the last two weeks. And they just can't get to it. Mm-hmm. But if you email them, they're going to respond. True, true. Hey, man, I was just thinking about And now you just successfully booked another session because you were proactive. That's it. They're proactive, man. Yep. Yes, sir. Like, when I moved to Arkansas, a lot of my clients didn't know I moved to Arkansas. And the way I would tell them is, as they booked me, I would drive back to Oklahoma. I would do that session. And I would say, all right, well, I'm about to head back to Arkansas. They'd be like, what? You in Arkansas? I'm like, oh, yeah, it ain't nothing but a six-hour drive. Nothing but. Nothing but. Right. And they'd be like, oh, why you didn't tell me that? I said, because I want to make sure I was still your preferred method to get your pictures. Right. Oh, no, absolutely. We, we, we could have worked out paying you more. Uh, look at here. I'm just happy to be here. You know, and building that type of relationship where it's like, no matter where I move, I'm still your photographer. Right. Don't think that needs to change because if I just sent you a blanket email or you just see me up, update my website, it might be like, oh, he must not be taking pictures out here anymore. No, I'm still here. Right. I can travel. It's, it's no worries. Right. You know, and so <clears throat> I say that to say if, if, you do con- if you do move, you need to contact your people. Mm-hmm. Whether if they have something recently booked, cool, tell them that way in person. If they don't have something, Email. Hey, everybody, just want to let you know, boom, we are now in the great state of Arkansas. However, we still service these places. So when you need us, we're here for you. Cool. So, and let, let's, let's touch bases on that, man. Uh, making that transition from Oklahoma to Arkansas, even though you still take care of your clients back in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. how has that process been building clients here 
in the natural state? Man, it's <clears throat> it's been it's been a little little more difficult. So you know, my first transition before I came here, I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I had moved from Oklahoma City to Tulsa. It was a little bit easier to build clientele because I was already known a little bit in Tulsa. Okay. Coming to Arkansas, you know, it's six hours. Nobody knew me. So it came back to giving it away for free a little mm -hmm. bit. Number one is just, you know, always having business cards on hand. Like, man, there's no worse feeling than you got a business card? Right. Man, I, I left it in my other pants, you know. Because <laughs> now it's like, oh, you don't take your business serious. Right, right. So having business cards on hand, being a person, you know, again, you, you are your biggest marketing tool. If I don't like you as a person, I don't book you. Because honestly, we don't sell any product or service. We sell ourselves. Right, right. You know, people buy from people they like, people they can relate to. Yeah, we steady hearing this. We <laughs> keep hearing this same thing, man. Everybody not selling the same lie. People buy from who they like, man. That's it. That's it. That's, that's the thing. And then, you know, really just finding people who need something and, and feeling that need. But again, I, you know, got tied in with the Urban League. You know, I, uh, through my my company I work for, I was able to donate to some HBCUs, like some funding. So, you know, Flanders Smith, uh, UAPB, you know, different organizations in other states. And that's an easy way for me to get my foot in anywhere. Okay. You know, so. Yeah, it's, it's always good to be able to contribute to charity, man, for sure. And that shit is some light on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It just helps. Help start your relationship with wherever you're going. Right, right. Okay, man. So, my guy has multiple streams, man. So let's let's touch on let's touch on this clothing line, man. Let's get back to that, man. Let's yeah, yeah. Give us give us a spill on that and how that how that kicked off all the way. You okay. just one day decided, hey, man, we need we need some shirts to represent the uh, photography brand. Uh, so that's that's originally how it started out. Okay. You know, we had people that wanted to support us and. They didn't necessarily need photos. So we said, okay, cool. We'll come out with three cool concepts that you don't necessarily, they don't just say Artistry 922 and that's the end of it. So, we, of course, we came out with our logo, logo shirt, had some other designs to it. Uh, we came with our camera top, which is it's like the top side of a camera on the shirt. Yeah. And then we came out with, it's a, it's a superpower shirt. So it says... I can freeze time. What's your superpower? I like that. And so, and that's kind of how we walked into the entretypes thing. Okay. Was, you know, all right, so as a photographer, I do have a superpower. I can freeze time, and at any point, you can go back to that time and space and see it. I, I think that, that's very underestimated, you know. And so, just thinking about, like, dang, a regular thing is a superpower. So what do we do in life? What else do we do that can be considered superpowers? You know, then we walked into the nurse. Where it was like, okay, you save lives every day. Right. It's just they're not necessarily on their deathbed mm -hmm. when you save them. Exactly. But you kept them from making it to their deathbed. Exactly. Yeah. Stylists, barbers, you keep people looking amazing. We try to. You help trans people, transform people from their worst self to their best selves. You know, nothing like getting a fresh haircut, a fresh retwist on your locks. True. Like, it's just, not only do they look good, they feel good. You know, so what type of healing are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
And so let's, and then the, the word entretypes is the word we created. Our characters are called the black entretypes. And we, we specifically wanted to call them the black entretypes for the sole fact <clears throat> we wanted people to understand it was a cultural thing for us. You know, it wasn't like, there's not going to be white entretypes and Spanish entretypes, anything like that. But it was like, you know, I believe in my black people and I was raised in a, a black household. And these are the superpowers I saw from my black people. Yeah. And that's you know. the vibe you get, man. Once you enter the website, that's the vibe you get, man. You get black excellence, and it's just all over the site, man. Y'all got to check it out. Yeah, yeah. Don't give y'all the info before it's over with, but carry on. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then, <clears throat> so it actually walks into our third uh, business, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, a business my wife has started. As in, it's not necessarily all the way up and running just yet, but it's called And Etc. Okay. Right, right. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay, okay. So, you know, she's a stay-at-home wife, stay-at-home mom. Okay. And so I, I think we got to a certain point where it was like she felt like she was in a lull, where she wasn't doing enough. You know, before we moved here, she was a realtor. But, you know, with my job, I don't know how often we'll move. So we decided not to go back into real estate. And so she's like, okay, I need to do something. I need to do something. And when she tuned into, you know, her, her mom of things, she decided, you know, what can I do I can create? You know, you have T-shirts and this, that, and the other. What do I have? But granted, we do our business together. Right, right. something right. for her. Right. And so she thought, so her, her exact thought was, as moms, we have so much to do. And so... She was like, I can list all these things, but at the end, it's always going to say, and et cetera. You know, we cook, we clean, we shop, we do this, we do this, and et cetera. Right. Because the job's, the mom's job is never done. Never done. A wife's job is never done. Never. And so that's kind of how we came up with the, the idea of and et cetera is because, you know, she creates all these different things, but there's always so much more to go. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. Like so that, when, when is it coming? So we looking to officially drop our first products within the next four months. Okay. So <clears throat> be on the lookout for some some creative things, man. She she got a, a, a mojo going right now. Yeah. Every time I come home, it's something new on the counter, but something this and that. It's good to be excited, man. We yeah. want to have something that excites us and something to look forward to. Because when you inspire, you full of fire. You gonna create some amazing things. You Absolutely. know what I mean? But if you ain't motivated about it, it's gonna be it's gonna be mediocre. You know yeah. what I mean? Let me ask you this. So my guy, man, he has multiple streams, man. We're going we're gonna to hop into another one. He's actually a content creator, him and his wife. Mm -hmm. Cooking on 350, man. That's the one. Cooking on 350, yeah. man. Nice YouTube channel, man. Y'all need to subscribe to uh, him and his wife. They get on there and they, they cook different stuff, man. They just have a good time. It's good energy. So yeah. what birthed Cooking on 350? Man, honestly, <clears throat> so when we were in Oklahoma City, my job took me to Ardmore, Oklahoma, <clears throat> which is probably an hour and a half, two hours from Oklahoma City. I've never heard of it. Right, right. It's like on the border of Texas. Okay. And so instead of moving the entire family, I moved just myself. Okay. So I would stay up there on the weekdays and come home on the weekends. And, you know, we just, we needed something to, to kind of mesh, mesh us back together, to make sure we were spending enough quality time with one another. So we decided <clears throat> we would start cooking. 
And so we just like, man, have you ever put the, the oven on anything else in, other than 350? That's that go-to like, temperature, it man. It is. Everybody. <coughs> they ask your mama, like, what, what you put it on? Just put it on 350. Yeah. <laughs> and it came back to the cultural aspect of, like, I think all black homes, for the most part, be cooking on 350 no, for everything. Facts, bro. Facts. Facts. So, so we it, actually, we started on Facebook Live. And then we was like, oh, man, it's kind of cool. So we made a little logo for it. And since then, it's just evolved so much where, you know, we, it started out just cooking normal stuff we know how to cook. You know, we're going to bake some chicken real quick, some mashed potatoes. <clears throat> but now we're at the point where we, we, go, we go out and seek different recipes to try to recreate in our own ways. Okay. And so, you know, somebody says, hey, y'all should make this. We're like, all right, cool. Right. Let's put a spin on it real quick. Right. So in our last episode, we did, we like, our kids love bread. So we, we bought a pack of Hawaiian rolls. We was like, all right, here, here challenge. How many different ways can we make Hawaiian rolls? Like, what can we do different with them? And so we ended up doing sliders three ways. Okay. So we did uh, miniature little uh, cheeseburgers. We did our spin on some ham and cheese sandwiches. And then we did these lemon blueberry pull-aparts. So <coughs> we, we kind of did like a snack, dinner, dessert type of deal. But it was just like, it was just something cool to do. Like, we, didn't necessarily, we don't necessarily have to do any of this stuff. Right. But it's, it's a constant bonding experience. We have to stay connected. We have to, you know, we have to talk. And, like, honestly, we just shoot the, shoot the breeze. Appreciate it. <laughs> Appreciate it. Shoot okay. the breeze the whole time. I mean, it's just a way for us to, you know, constantly stay connected and share our love with everybody else. Okay. You know, because we don't live around our family anymore. So this is a good way for us to update them on our lives as well. Right. You ever want to know what we're doing? Tune into the channel. Right. We're going to talk about our life. We're going to talk about our move from Oklahoma to Arkansas. We're going to talk about the things we do to stay connected with one another. We're going to talk about our children. Our boys are going to be on here. So, you know, again, for family and friends, it's a way for them to stay connected with us as well. That's amazing. You're killing two, maybe three birds with one stone, man. That's that's amazing, cooking on 350. Yeah. Um, and like I, I keep telling you all, my guys, man, he, he has multiple strings, man. So the last thing we'll, we'll touch base on, man, which is for this episode or for this purpose, it's the least most important, man. That's his nine to five because this is a, this is a show for entrepreneurs. You know what I mean? But outside of being a photographer, outside of being a um, content, content creator, having his own uh, clothing line, my guy, he works for Enterprise, am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And you've been there for how long? So I've been with Enterprise six and a half years. <clears throat> so I'm an area rental manager out here. And like you said, man, the good thing about it is I have, you know, I have a job that consumes up a lot of time. Right. But the entrepreneurial spirit never dies. Never it's dies. It's something you always have to feed because it's always hungry. Right. Right. And, man, but you said it right, man. I, I ultimately believe in entrepreneurship. You know what I mean? I, I think you had on a shirt that said, uh, trades over MBAs. Yes, sir. And it's funny because I have an MBA. <laughs> so I have, you know, I have my master's in business. And, man, I love, the, I love it, though, because, you know, I think it was what Frederick Douglass that, that really talked about, you know, trades. And, you know, people need to be able to do something other than be educated. Yes, sir. You know, so. And nothing against the education. Yeah. Nothing against it. My brother, that's an educated brother right here. He just let you know. Nothing against education, but you should still have a trade, in my personal opinion, man. Yeah. Some type of trade. Yep. And so my favorite book 
is The Miseducation of the Negro by uh, Carter G. Woodson. And it talks about how, you know, this great division between people with degrees and people without degrees. Well, no, no, no. Talks about Negroes mm -hmm. with degrees and Negroes mm -hmm. without degrees. More specific. Very specific. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it creates this divide in our culture for absolutely no reason. Right. You know, you know, you have the educated brother who says, well, I received this education from this institution, which makes me better. How? And then you have the brother that says, well, you have this education from this institution, so you think you're better. And in, in both instances, we're both wrong. You know, because... Just like we sitting here talking, it doesn't matter. I won't know if you have an education. You won't know if I have one. I don't know if my education is worth it, and you don't know if it is. True. Because it's all up to what you do with your education or, or what you do with your trade or what you do with this or that. Because I can be, you know, I can have a million ideas. If I never put them to the ground, what does it matter? It's pointless. They go in vain. Exactly. I can be a millionaire if I never reach out and help my people. What does it matter? You know, again, none of this matters unless you do something with it. And that's why I'm so big on giving back to my community, you know, because, man, okay. So there's a guy named Arthur Polly. He's in, I think he's in Houston now. Uh, he said to me one day, he said, look, don't take a young brother from the hood to a museum and be angry that he doesn't appreciate the art. And when I say <clears throat> completely knock me over and I'm like yeah you're right he, he doesn't have the background the experience or the concept ideas of, of why to appreciate it's this. foreign to him man. it's foreign right right you only appreciate it because you know about right. it you're familiar with it exactly yeah. and so it just completely just threw me off because I'm like you know at that point I thought I think that's what I was trying to do I was trying to introduce you know people because I'm, you know, I'm from the concrete I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. So I've, I've never seen a lot of this stuff. So as I see it, I'm like, oh my God, this is okay. Right. So I, I was trying to bring people into that. And expose them to it. Yeah, but it was like, it's, it's, it doesn't work that way. Right. You can't walk me from the hood to the White House and expect me to appreciate where I am. I have to get an understanding along the way. Right. You know, I have to find an appreciation for what you're showing me. It's a process. <clears throat> it's a process. Most definitely, man. Most definitely. I like that. That's a, that's a good one, too, for sure. Um, so, like we said, man, the multiple streams and the most important stream definitely not being at 9 to 5. My guy has three other streams that's creating him uh, income. You know what I mean? Which, which one out of the three would you say is doing the best for you at this moment? <clears throat> Ooh, that's a hard one. I mean, honestly, so if it comes to <coughs> excuse me, if it comes to monetary value, my photography probably does. Okay. I make I make some some good money doing photography. Okay. And not only just shooting, but like I print the images as well. Okay. So okay. my most recent client, I actually printed uh like like an eighteen by twenty four on velvet. Wow. Right. So it's like. Yeah, that, I know that got expensive. Yeah, you know, you get the nice frame for it and all that good stuff. Yeah. So it gets up there. Yeah, put a but, ticket on that. But it's like, you can't get this at Walmart. No. Like, you can see the detail in this picture. Like, it's, it's crazy detailed. You know, so stuff like that. But, like, my photography as far as monetary goes. I got you. 
But when it comes to, you know, what makes me feel the best. Yeah, what makes you feel good? It's going to be cooking on 350. Cooking on 350. And I, mean, I, and I can see it, man, in y'all. Like, every episode, <laughs> they having a good time. I mean, it's genuine. Like, it's love in the air. Yeah. Cooking on 350. I did this one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We're actually doing some giveaways soon, too. Okay. Some uh, some coffee mugs, some tote bags, some T-shirts, stuff like that. So you always giving, man. It's it's something about that, man. And it's going to... Some attraction gonna come from that when you steady giving. You cannot lose giving, man. You think you losing because it's something leaving, but I guarantee you it's gonna come back. Mm-hmm. It's like a boomerang. It's gonna come back to you. Maybe by times ten. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so let me let me ask you this, man. What were some of the trials and tribulations that you faced in the beginning of your entrepreneur journey? That that just you'll never forget. That that, <coughs> that may help someone that that you know, that's aspiring to do the things that you're doing so they can avoid that. Yeah. Man, honestly, the biggest hurdle I would say was thinking I had to choose between being an entrepreneur and and working for somebody else right then. You know, I think, you know, as far as being an entrepreneur, you got to have something to fund that. So it's going to be a grind when you first start because, you know, like we said, you got to invest in yourself. It takes a lot of money to invest in yourself sometimes. Yes, sir. And, you know, not everybody has angel investors that's going to give you all this money because they, they see the bigger picture. Man, your 9 to 5 pay the bills. Your 6 to 10 bills the empire. Hmm. Hello. Yeah. Whew. That's how it goes. Yeah. So, so I've, from working with, you know, my, with Enterprise, I've, I've been able to do a lot of great things. You know, it got me in front of a lot of great people because I have a, title right mm-hmm. but through my my own business I've done a lot of great things as well like you know Ion Magazine Ion Magazine named me you know one of the 30 under 30 for Oklahoma you know the University of Central Oklahoma named me gave me an award for the commitment to, commitment to diversity you know the Urban League gave me the Lisa Lee Evans making a difference award so these are all things I was able to do through an entrepreneurial spirit it wasn't enterprise that got me that. And let you me know. let me let me touch this, man. And this this is before even hitting thirty, right? Mm-hmm. My guy, you twenty twenty nine. Twenty nine, man. This brother he carry himself like OG, man. You <laughs> might not be able to tell. This brother just just twenty nine, man. He ain't hit thirty yet. He's accomplished so much, man. I just wanted to shed some light on that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Appreciate that. But yeah, like I said, man, <clears throat> you can do both until you can do one. I like that. You That's can it. do both until you can do one. Yep. And sometimes you just choose, you choose to continue to do both. Like for me, for instance, man, I, I love working for Enterprise. I, I honestly do. I, I get a lot of value out of it. Okay. You know, I mean, monetarily, you know, the, the benefits, all that good stuff. But at the same time, I love entrepreneurship. I love my photography. I love my T-shirts. I love my cooking. I love and et cetera. I love all that because it's, it's a creative outlet for me and my wife. You know, so it's it's something I wouldn't give up. For sure, for sure. What um what words of encouragement do you have those looking to take your journey, man? Go down your path. Which all all journeys and paths will be different, but they headed in your direction, man. They want to yeah. do photography. They want to create content. They want to start a clothing line. What what would Vincent tell them? What would you tell them? Man, honestly, I would say figure out your reason you're doing it. Figure out your why, huh? Figure out your why and stick to it. So every day I wake up, there's a poem I tell myself. It's called The Test of a Man. 
every day I say that poem to myself because it tells me, again, why am I doing this? You know, why do I wake up so early? Why do I go to sleep so late? I got to find this one. You know, I got to. It, yeah. Man, it's, it's deep. It's that one. It's the one. And the, the thing is, man, I've used it for years now. The test of a man. The test of a man. So when I get into a situation where I'm being overcome with, you know, anger, sadness, anything, I recite this poem. So, for instance, I had an issue probably like a year ago where, you know, I, somebody just came at me with, some, you know, some racial stuff, all this stuff. And I had to take myself out of the situation, and I just recited this poem over and over again until my voice steadied. And once my voice was steady, I knew I was calm enough to walk back into myself. But, man, <clears throat> I mean, when I, I went, you know, anything, any dark period I went through, this poem has walked me back out of it. So, again, you got to find that why, because that's the one thing that's going to level you out when things go awry. Let's say it all, man. I said, uh, I like that, using the, the positive affirmations, man, they, they keep you going every morning. Mm -hmm. I like that. The test sure. of a man. Y'all check it out, because I will, most definitely. Uh, Vince, any upcoming projects besides the one your wife's working on that you want to share with the world? Anything mm -hmm. on the back burner? Anything cooking on 350, man? What we, what we looking forward to? Man, honestly, <clears throat> so, you know, being from Kansas City, man, I love the Chiefs. And so right now... <clears throat> I'm working on a new Chiefs shirt, actually. Okay. That's probably the biggest project I got going. My brother's a crazy fan, so he waiting on this shirt. Okay. You know, and it's going to be a shirt that embodies the the KC Wolf. So a lot of people don't know who the KC Wolf is. I, I don't. It's actually the Chiefs mascot. Really? But you never see him. And going to school in Kansas City, <clears throat> like elementary school, you the KC Wolf will come to your school. Okay. So it's like it's like a childhood memory of mine, like seeing the KC Wolf. But I've never seen him like anywhere other than that. You never seen him on any merch or nothing? Not really, no. Wow. So I want to do something creative with the KC Wolf and kind of, you know, I mean, granted, this is just something I'm just working on just because I want to. Okay. But like, I think, you know, it's going to be a cool shirt. You know, if you're a Chiefs fan, you should cop it. But yeah, for sure. Well, it's, it's upcoming. Yeah. Most definitely. Man, so how, how can they reach, reach you, man? What's your contact, your social media, uh, email, uh, whatever so, you want to give the world? So our social media is artistry, or on uh, Instagram, it's artistry underscore 922. Our YouTube is cooking on 350. We also have an Instagram, cooking on 350. Uh, you know, email artistry922 at gmail.com. Okay. Our website, most importantly. Facts. Artistry922.com. Check them out. Good merchandise. Good quality. Yeah. Yes, most definitely. Brother, we appreciate you for taking time out your busy schedule, man, coming to see us. And, hey, we appreciate you, the information that you gave. It's much needed. Absolutely. For sure, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anytime you want me out here, I'm here. For sure. Appreciate it. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up.